Good morning. I'm your host, Tom Snape, and we have the distinct pleasure of speaking with country music legend Lee Greenwood this morning. Good morning to you, Lee. Hey, good morning. I hope you've had uh, a good morning so far. I know I have. Yeah, so far so good. And, uh, of course, uh, you're going to be in uh, southeastern Indiana. That's coming up in October. There'll be the uh, Greensburg Chautauqua Festival on October 15th at 7 p.m. at uh, Rebecca Park Amphitheater in uh, of course, uh, I was looking over your schedule, and uh, you have quite a lot of concerts uh, going on this year. Well, I'm, I'm pretty happy about that because of 2020. Uh, we, I think we had six or seven shows the entire year. And, uh, you know, with the CDC talking about we couldn't have any gatherings, we certainly didn't want to have any of those super spreaders. And we uh, gladly uh, moved any shows to this year. There's been a few that were hesitant to actually have outdoor again. Now with the new Delta variant, um, people are still getting a little cautious. But I think, you know, with so many people being vaccinated now, I believe uh, most of the venues like this particular one at the Rebecca Amphitheater uh, has been uh, uh, so cautious in how they're approaching this show, uh, whether they're going to be hand sanitized, distance or whatever, I'm not really sure. But I will tell you that uh, I talked to John Pratt several times who's put this event together. And we've, we've been talking for three and a half years to get this show on the book. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm just grateful that we finally now can add that to our schedule. And could you uh, tell us, the, talk to us uh, a little bit about uh, how you got your start in the music? Thanks for that question. I'm, I'm not your traditional country artist because I'm from California, uh, born in Los Angeles, but not, didn't spend much time in the big city. I was raised on a, on a farm in Sacramento, California. My grandparents were my guardians and they were sharecroppers. So I learned a lot about farming. I had music and baseball in my life until I got out of high school. And I chose music over my baseball career and moved on to Nevada. And I spent almost 20 years there honing my trade and hoping that I would get some kind of break for national success. It didn't come until um, 1979. And I finally made contact with people who would invite me to Nashville and when I finally went there and did a few demos uh, for the recording industry, uh, I was signed at MCA Records in 1980, and the rest is history. And uh, could you tell us about the, uh, the process, uh, your thoughts on um, uh, choosing songs to record? Because I know a lot of artists uh, turn, turn them down, kind of like uh, actors turn down the movie roles. Same thing with, with artists, no matter what the, uh, the music format. But uh, can you... Uh, Tell us a little bit about the process that uh, goes into that. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you are aware of that. My producer, Jerry Crutchfield, I met only because I took the initiative when I was living in Nevada to calling him. And you remember the 45 records. They were small with a hole in the middle that you drop them on a turntable mm -hmm. on a post. Well, you're old, you're old enough to remember that. Yeah, then. yeah. <laughs> and uh, yes. and I, I found a record I really liked, and I saw the producer's name, and Jerry Crutchfield, and he was the head of MCA Music. And so I, I actually looked it up in the, in the phone book, because without cell phones, you can't just Google people. And, uh, and I called and got him on the phone, and I asked him if uh, he would be interested in auditioning me, and he said, well, he liked, uh, he liked flying to Los Angeles, and he said, I'll stop in Vegas and see you, and he did, and we became friends. He invited me to have a session in Los Angeles at MCA Records uh, Music, uh, uh, studio and so I, I did that and then about three months later we went to Nashville and did sessions there I signed with VMI 
the Halsey Agency, which uh, for its entire time has been the agency that runs the Oak Ridge Boys and a few other great acts. And then I signed at MCA Records with Reba McIntyre, George Strait, the Oak Ridge Boys, and, and Barbara Mendrell, who I became very good friends with and had a duet album with. And we started touring in 1980, the end of 80 and first of 81. 1981 and just toured every doghouse outhouse and roundhouse to find the fans of country music and we did a good job yeah i'll say uh yeah seven number one songs um 25 chart singles so uh it seems like uh you know you you have uh pretty much uh, struck gold and uh or at least uh, pretty close to it uh, when you have picked some of these songs yeah if, and to answer that question jerry and i like many other artists uh would take songs pitched to us from any writer that would send it to us. Now, the plus for me was that he was running MCA Music at the time, and that gave him access to many of the local writers in Nashville. So because it was a country music career, and that's what we recorded for radio, because my background's a little more diverse than that. For my years in Nevada, I'm a jazz and R&B player as well, a musician and singer and writer. But he had the, the, his finger on the pulse of the writing industry, and we would take 25 songs into the studio and come out with 10 in those days. Uh, and things have changed so much in the industry now. It's not necessarily create 10 songs or 20 songs uh, for a particular project, but it's at least get one or two singles and put them up on the, uh, on the web and just see uh, who wants to download one. That's a whole, it's a whole different way of doing your business. Yeah, because uh, you know, traditionally uh, you used to go uh, look at the, you mentioned uh, the labels, and um, you know, now it's it's download everything. It's not like going into the record store, so to speak, and uh, or or eventually getting into CDs and so forth. But uh, yeah, the the world has definitely changed in that regard. And um, and now you mentioned uh, songwriters. Now, have you ever uh, had an interest in uh, writing songs? Well, I, I am a writer, and I've, uh -huh. I I spent many years in Nevada writing for shows. Uh, reviews uh, from the big room to the lounges and uh, in order to get my band at the time the work I would give the music to the producer for free so I did a lot of that but it wasn't until I got to Nashville I started actually writing songs in general and I and I've written over a hundred songs and I will come out recently uh, we will come out shortly uh, with an album that I've been uh, working on for the last year because of COVID it's kind of it's been kind of hard to get it done, but there are 21 songs, all original music and re-recorded, so I will own the masters this time around. And some of them have been recorded before, and some that nobody's ever heard. And, and uh, of course, you know all the songs that you uh, you have had. You've had, uh, you know, of course, it turns me inside out, ring on her finger, and time on her hands. Um, then you also mentioned the uh, uh, duet with uh, Barbara Mandrell, and uh, a number of other ones, and. Uh, as far as uh, the, uh, you know, with uh, duets, have you had uh, other um, opportunities to uh, do uh, sing duets with other artists? While I was at Capital Liberty uh, Records, we actually did an album called The Perfect Ten, all duets, all women. And then, uh, of course, you mentioned the um, some of your other background as far as, um, you know, show tunes and things of that nature, because I know... Uh, you know, for example, Linda Ronstadt, known as a, a rock artist, but then she also collaborated with Nelson Riddle back in uh, around 1983 and put out uh, uh, an album like that. Um, 
Have you ever uh, had an interest in doing uh, something along those same lines, stepping out of the uh, the country format and maybe into uh, something else? Well, I'm certainly capable of doing that. Years ago, we had a, a show at uh, Radio Music City uh, in New York, and there were 20 different artists, and we all sang songs other than our own genre. And that was kind of fun for me, too, because, I mean, you'd have Aretha Franklin singing a jazz tune. Uh, uh, Maureen McGovern did a country song. I actually sang a jazz tune myself. So, yeah, there's always that interest. But to tell you the truth, you you have to go with the, you know, the the business that that made you famous. And people would find it unfamiliar if I sang something to release for radio like Michael Bublé or, you know, I mean, I'm capable of doing it. But um, I think country is my format and I'll probably stay with it. All right. And with that, we're going to go ahead and uh, take a uh, timeout and and we'll uh, move on to – Speak about uh, Lee Greenwood's uh, top number one hit. And that's coming up after this on The Daily Pod. Don't adjust your radio. The sound that you hear is your stomach. You're having trouble focusing. You can't recall your last meal. You're trapped in the hunger zone. The solution, Batesville to go. Let To Go deliver a hot, fresh meal to your home or office whenever hunger strikes. To Go delivers the best food from local restaurants. Visit us online at togodelivers.com or call us at 812-727-8800. Batesville To Go, big city convenience, small town taste. And welcome back to The Daily Pond, and we are speaking with country music legend Lee Greenwood. And uh, Lee, of course, uh, you know, you're, you're probably best known for uh, God Bless the USA, uh, recognized as uh, one of the most patriotic songs in American history. Um, can you uh, tell us a little bit about that, how this, uh, how this song came to be? For my entire life, I've recognized the sacrifice of the military. We've done over 30 USO tours, and it's always been my pleasure to perform for our military. I think, I think in the early days when I was a teenager playing drum in the Drum and Bugle Corps for the American Legion, uh, and I was also the marching, I was the drum major for my high school marching band. Uh, you know, I loved the music of Sousa and American marches. And I'm, I don't know, it just kind of stuck in my head that if I could ever write something about America, it'd be great. But I didn't have a platform to deliver it until I got my recording contract in Nashville. I was already 37 years old. I had a lot of experience uh, from the years I spent in Nevada. And I just hadn't toured. And so when I started touring and learning more about the country, Finally, I think I just put two and two together, and one night between uh, Nashville and, and Dallas, I uh, was on the bus, and I had my piano in the bus because we toured so heavily. We were doing 300 days a year the first uh, three years on the road as a country artist, and I just pulled the piano and set it on my knees and, and, and wrote God Bless the USA. It didn't take very long at all. And uh, obviously it seemed like it's uh... – that song is uh, really um, has gone far above, uh, I'm sure, what your expectations were when you're writing it in the back of your tour bus back in 1983. Well, you have to recognize, we I did not write this song to be a hit. It was uh, on an album called You've Got a Good Love Coming, with a video already produced in the London train station, and we were ready for release in 1985 with it. And it was actually Universal Records that made the call to release God Bless USA first. And so I was I'm a little surprised. Um, my producer and I, Jerry, talked about how it might damage my career and not necessarily help it because it interrupted the flow of what fans expected from me, uh, which we had at least nine, eight or nine ballads like Kenny Rogers uh, that were uh, very heartfelt, 
romantic songs, even though some of them were painful. And that's, I think that's where it was. And I think when USA came out, I got, I just got a little lucky because uh, a nation was ready for that kind of approach and, uh, and, and accepted it very well. I mean, when we first put it on stage, I was quite amazed at uh, the appreciation that the audience had for my recording and my performance of it. And uh, you mentioned something there that uh, you didn't necessarily write it to be a hit. I mean, isn't that kind of the approach that a lot of songwriters uh, or, or virtually all songwriters would take? Uh, they're writing a song. Uh, they're not uh, not meant to be a hit, but something. sometimes these things just take off. Yeah, they do. And, and people ask me if I have any regrets about uh, writing or releasing God Bless the USA. I said only one. And I think that kind of surprises most media people. And they said, well, what was that? I said, well, I didn't write Hotel California. So I think when you look at the scope of music in general, uh, all of the things that I heard for 35, almost 40 years before I wrote God Bless the USA, it was an awful lot of input, musical input in my head. And, uh, and, to, and to put all that together and come out with something no one has ever heard before is, is pretty astounding, to tell you the truth. And I have a 23-year-old that is a musical composition major at TCU in Fort Worth, Texas, and he said the same thing to me the other night. He said, in my young career, he said, I, I have heard an awful lot and I've written an awful lot. And he said, it's, it's getting easier now to write things people have never heard before because he said, it's just something that comes naturally for me. I said, well, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving, as they say. So, yeah. All right. And uh, and kind of uh, dovetailing into this, um, understand that uh, you wrote a, a children's illustrated book uh, along the same lines uh, back in 2012. Yeah, we did. I I uh, I was pleased to, that I got the call from Thomas Nelson to um, to produce a children's illustrated book of, uh, that surrounds my song "God Bless the USA." And having said that, I want you to know that we have another son who's 26, who's Vanderbilt, getting a PhD in cancer research. And we uh, read to our children, my wife and I, and we've been married uh, 29 years, and, and when they were very young, we would read to them, I mean, under a year old, and put a book in front of them as we sit in a rocking chair and, and read to them. And then they would start reading to us. And, and so that's, that's the kind of lessons you give them. The only thing we didn't do was uh, instead of you know, getting those books that, about the cow jumping over the moon and colors and numbers, we should have had a book like I've produced that is a patriotic lesson as well. So we produced this book to allow parents and grandparents to read to their very young children, to see illustrated pictures of the United States. And as they begin to learn to read and get the lyrics of my song, they can also see the patriotic, patriotic lesson of what it means to be a patriot. Yeah, and, I, and I'm looking at the uh, what's on this uh, book. I mean, it's uh, ranked number one on many of the uh, bestseller lists. Um, also, um, I mean, you've got a, a calendar, um, Prayers of a Patriot, uh, with uh, two songs that you wrote. Uh, and then they're, uh, they're, again, they're free for download in the back of the book. It's uh, called Does God Still Bless the USA? It was released in 2012. And uh, you also have a new version and also is a, 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 a gospel song, a praise and worship song. Uh, what can you tell us about Show Me the Way? Well, Show Me the Way is, is not yet for release. Uh, it'll be uh, on our up-and-coming album that I've produced. It's, it's 21 songs that I've, I've written them all, and, uh, and we're producing that album to release in the summer. 
And, of course, uh, you mentioned your wife and also uh, the USO tours, and uh, I understand that uh, you two met on a USO tour. Yes, it was our North Atlantic tour in 1988. Uh, she was currently running for Miss Tennessee, which she did win. And um, we uh, were out for two weeks on the road with, uh, with uh, two other pageant girls, Miss Texas and Miss Delaware, and we met and became friends and then, uh, and then dated afterwards. She had to finish college. Uh, she went to uh, the University of uh, Tennessee in Chattanooga. And um, so she went and finished her senior year, and then uh, we uh, became engaged, and uh, we're married in 1992. Oh, that's a great story, Lee. And, uh, you know, of course, uh, you know, shifting uh, forward to, uh, to now, of course, uh, you know, between now and October, you have a, a lot of places that you're, you're going to be out. And uh, where are some of the places that uh, folks can see you uh, before the— before they have a chance to see you in uh, Greensburg in, on October 15th? Well, go to our website, leaguerwood.com. You'll see our touring schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, click onto, the, uh, onto the, uh, the tab that says Tour. Okay. And, um, of course, we're focusing on the greensburg Chattanooga uh, show because it's, it's something that John Pratt and I have talked about for three years, and I know that we moved from a simple high school to now the, uh, the amphitheater at Rebecca, and so... This is going to be a fantastic show, I promise you. And, uh, of course, you mentioned uh, your work with John Pratt. So it, it was uh, three years ago that, uh, that the uh, discussions, and uh, I mentioned that there's, there's been a lot of back and forth. And, of course, um, of course that, uh, that uh, 900-pound elephant in the room, COVID sure didn't help things either, did it? No. And, of course, once we had set on a date in 2019 and then moved it to 2020 for the bigger venue, and then we had to move it again because uh, – COVID and and I think you know as we look at the dangers of uh, of groups gathering, well hopefully the CDC will release that and uh, and and will be ready for this show in October, and and I'm quite sure that and I've been double vaccinated and so is my whole crew and band. Uh, the Delta variant seems to be a light dose of uh, the COVID-19 if you've been double vaccinated, and I think that's what we're counting on for all of America. And I pray for those people who had um, compromised immune systems. And I have several friends that actually went into the hospital because of that. So we're hoping that that, uh, that will be less and less and less as we move forward. All right. So again, that is uh, Friday, October 15th. That's at the Rebecca Park Amphitheater for Greensburg Chautauqua Festival in uh, 7.15 p.m. showtime. Uh, Lee Greenwood, I appreciate uh, your time this morning and uh, best of luck to you and yours and uh, everybody in your crew. And uh, we look forward to seeing you on October 15th in Greensburg. Thank you very much. It's, it'll be an exciting time. All right. And once again, our thanks to Lee Greenwood, country music legend, for joining us this morning. I'm Tom Snape for The Daily Pod.